Hi, this is Lisa Davis, and welcome to another episode of Talk Healthy Today. The show provides you with the latest research tools and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy starting today. People tell me listening to the show is like overhearing two friends talking about really incredible health topics that you want to know about. I like to really get to know my guests and I'd like you to get to know them as well. So we delve really deeply into topics and I like to share some personal anecdotes as well. To make sure you never miss an episode of Talk Healthy Today, be sure to subscribe, also rate and review. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis, and if you enjoy my podcast, Talk Healthy Today, then I know you're going to enjoy my brand new podcast with the wonderful Sunny Days, whom you've heard on the program. And if you haven't, please check out the interviews that we've done here on Talk Healthy Today. It is called Active Allyship. It's more than a hashtag. There are going to be honest, unfiltered conversations. We're going to be talking about what's happening right now with race in this country, how important it is for us to be open, how to be allies, what it takes to be an ally, how racism and feelings of bias are in our culture and how they affect each and every one of us. It is so important. We need to change things. So please join me, join Sunny, join us on Active Allyship. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Thanks. Enjoy the show. I was so excited when I got the fantastic book, Put Your Feelings Here, a creative DBT journal for teens with intense emotions. If you listen to the show, you know I have one. I'm sure many of you out there experience this as well. So I'm thrilled to have the wonderful Lisa M. Schwab, LCSW. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Thank you for having me today. Oh, it's so nice to have you on. I would like to first start out by people are probably thinking, wait, did she say DBT or CBT? Because there's cognitive behavioral therapy. But this is something called DBT. Why don't you start there and tell us about that? Okay. uh, DBT stands for dialectical behavioral therapy. And it is a really well-reputed well-grounded based therapy that was started by a psychologist named Marsha Linehan in the 1980s. And um, she saw a need for uh, something that would go a little bit beyond CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, or using our thoughts to help us change behaviors and feelings. So she took a base of cognitive therapy and then added on to that and really expanded that. And it has um, just grown and flourished and has a lot of evidence-based statistics that show us that DBT is really effectual, especially with emotional regulation. Um, there's, There's four main areas that DBT concentrates on. One is distress tolerance. One is interpersonal effectiveness, one is mindfulness, and the other is emotional regulation. So that's why we chose DBT for a book, which is supposed to help teens with emotional regulation. Um, So a lot of just a, a huge, comprehensive, vast amount of practical techniques to help people of any age manage their emotions. Yeah. I mean, when I read through the book and I was looking at all the different prompts and all the wonderful exercises, I thought, geez, I could use this too. I really love how you use humor early in the book. I think that's something that is so 
intelligent because it catches, you know, like my daughter immediately was like, oh, this is really funny. It says, uh, DBT is a subtitle of the book, but what does it mean? Vote for your choice. A, dream big today, a professional system of wish fulfillment. B, do be true, a soon to be released country Western hit. C, dialectical behavioral therapy, a tried and true research method, uh, excuse me, research-based method for managing big emotions. The other thing you talk about before we jump into some of these great uh, prompts and exercises is you talk about the emotional, logical, and wise minds. Tell us a little bit about that, Lisa. Right. Okay. The, this is a DBT concept um, developed specifically in DBT. And these three different minds are like three different perspectives. So we all have these within us. Um, we just don't necessarily identify them that way. But so emotional mind is the part of us that just runs on feeling and emotion. And it just wants to say, oh my gosh, I'm upset. I have to do this. Or, you know, I'm overwhelmed and everything is terrible. <laughs> and then we have logical mind which is pretty much the opposite. It, it just ignores feelings and emotions and it says, it uses total logic. So, well, you, don't, you shouldn't feel that way because everything is the way it's supposed to be. Um, you know, let's just look at the facts, ma'am, that kind of thing. <laughs> so in reality, um, neither of those are completely healthy because we do need logic to help us reason things. But we also can't ignore we're emotional beings. We're human beings. We're not robots. So there's a place and a reason for our emotions in our lives. And we need to listen to them because they, they tell us a lot about ourselves. So wise mind is the part of our the perspective that walks the middle ground and that considers both emotion and logic and comes to a the most mature, healthy, usually the most mature, healthy conclusion as to how to proceed, how to respond. If that makes sense. Oh, it totally does. Yeah. I mean, I live with somebody who is 100% in their emotional mind and it's exhausting. It's exhausting for the person who's there and it's exhausting for the people around them too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I, I have two books. My first one is an anthology called Easy to Love but Hard to Live With. And it's about people who have brain-based, invisible, uh, we call, I call them differences rather than disorders, whether it be ADHD, autism, uh, spectrum, mental health issues. One of the things about the book that I love is that it has the people who have the issues themselves and their challenges, but then it also has the people who love them. All right, I'm jumping into this book. My daughter's been using it a lot. It is helping. It's so important. I mean, you have these great things. What are you feeling now? And there's a, you know, you have plenty of room to write sadness, joy, anger, love, envy, surprise, let it all out all over these pages. A lot of times stuff just needs to be written down. Talk to us about the importance of journaling, because I've been told that you know, it, it really helps to get it out of you when you're writing it down. It does. Absolutely. I, my, the first book I ever wrote actually was on journaling. Um, it's called Write, Writing It Out, Self-Awareness and Self-Help Through Journaling. And I came to write that book because one day I was, after graduate school, I was, I was looking at all my vast volumes of journals that I had written over the years and and also poetry. And I looked at them and I thought, wow, this writing really helped me through so many difficult times in my life. Well, if, if that could help me, it could help other people too. And 
and then I wrote the book and developed a whole bunch of journaling workshops from that and, and professional trainings on how to use journaling and therapy, which are still available. So I'm a big proponent of journaling, both personally and professionally. And a few of the reasons that journaling is really helpful, and it's all also there's been research done on this. Um, I think one of the one of the most important things is that it gives expression to what's inside of us. So we need a place to go with our emotions, and just like you know, the Put Your Feelings Here book offers a place. But when sometimes we think that if I ignore my feelings or if I just push them down or push them aside, they'll go away. And they don't. They'll end up coming out sideways or backwards or really in a bad, disruptive, inappropriate way. So we need to express our feelings. And journaling can feel like a safer place to do that than talking sometimes. Sometimes people don't want to say things out loud or they don't want to use psychotherapy, which is talking therapy, because they're not comfortable with that. So journaling gives us a safe and immediate and private place to go with our feelings. Um, Secondly, one of the most important things too is that why writing helps is that it takes something abstract, which is our emotion that is kind of maybe feels like it's swirling around inside of us. Um, It might feel that it's overwhelming. It's bigger than us. When we're just holding it inside of us, it can it can just feel devastating and like, oh my gosh, I'm afraid of this thing. It's so big. When we express that feeling on paper, we're making that abstract entity concrete. We're, we're putting it into a physical form, literally. We're putting it into words on a piece of paper with little letters and black and white or whatever color we're using to write or type because some people journal at a keyboard. Um, But words, the printed words, are very familiar to us. It's something we're used to to seeing. And that big abstract feeling now becomes something that we can look at and is outside of us and is literally smaller than us because we can look at it. And we can not only feel empowered by that and just relieved by that, we can also then manipulate what we've put on the page. You know, we can write and then we can close the book and walk away. Or we can type um, on the computer and when then we can, or the phone, and we can delete it and walk away. Or as some of the prompts in the Put Your Feelings Here book allow us to do is write and then destroy what we've written if we want to. You know, there's one page that says make confetti out of these things you wrote down. Um, so so journaling um, becomes a safe and appropriate place to go with overwhelming feelings. It helps us reground and recenter. Um, it also helps us organize our thoughts and feelings. So that helps us feel more in control also. Um, we, we kind of stop the swirl and put things into order. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting uh, when you mentioned the put things into order. I feel like with this journal, what's so great about it is with the prompts, if you need some sort of, you know, some place to start, for example, what do you need someone to understand about you right now? And then on the opposite page, it says, share these thoughts with someone you trust or list the people you can call or text right now to tell how you're feeling. Pick one and do it. You know, there, there, I like things where there's action. Yes. And that's a good point because um, as effective as journaling is for a lot of people um, 
who aren't natural writers, um, they might open up a journal, a blank journal, or look at a blank screen on the computer, or just see a blank piece of paper and feel intimidated and like, well, I don't know how to write, or what do I write, or where do I start? And they can be helped with that, but a guided journal, as put your feelings here, um, offers places to start. And and also not just offers places, but in this case, the places and the prompts are chosen specifically um, because they're there's a there's a design behind that. Well, um, we're going to help you distract yourself. We're going to help you breathe. We're going to help you identify the thoughts that are causing your intense emotion. So there's a lot of reasons behind all those kind of fun and creative prompts that are in there. They're not just fun and creative. They're also um, designed specifically in the DBT principles to get something out that needs to be. Well, you know, I mentioned in the beginning, this book is for everyone. I mean, I think any adult uh, would relate to this. Write the headlines for the catastrophe you're imagining will happen. I mean, so many of us do that. Uh, Then write the story of what's more likely to happen. I mean, that catastrophizing is kind of a big thing, unfortunately. Yes, it is. And that, again, that's looking at our thoughts. It's examining our thoughts. And when we're asked to put those on paper, we actually take the time to to pay attention to them. You know, sometimes we're just walking around with this this anxiety or this worry. And when we actually sit down and examine our thoughts, like, well, well what are what am I thinking is gonna happen? Well, I'm thinking that, you know, the the worst. And well, and what are what are actually the odds of that happening? What are the chances that that worst thing will happen? Um, so when we're sometimes we need guidance, we can't always figure that out in our heads by ourselves. You know, that's what therapists are for, and guided journals are for, et cetera. Um, and that helps us put things in perspective. Yeah, totally. I love this uh, focus shift. Are you one of the rare people who can hum while holding your nose? Let me say. <laughs> oh my God, I never tried that before. I guess I'm a no. Uh, draw the number six while making clockwise circles with your leg. I probably, I'm not very coordinated. Touch your tongue to your nose. No. Tickle yourself. Hee <laughs> hee. Uh, talk while inhaling through your nose. Hello. Oh my God, I'm bad at all these. I can't wiggle my ears. Put your fist in your mouth. I can't, I don't think I, I maybe be able to raise only one out eyebrow or, and then you have room for people to write. That's so cute. Cause again, it kind of gets you out of your like, ah. there's, you know, people who've done research on that. I didn't just make it up. Um, but the, the reasoning behind that is distraction. And that might seem kind of like common sense. We'll take your mind off of whatever you're worried about, but sometimes it's hard to do that. And if we can identify that oh yeah, you know, say I do this prompt and I'm paying attention to something that makes me laugh or something that's completely different from what I'm upset about. I learn, first of all, in the moment that I can calm down. And I learn later on down the road when something else bothers me, you know, if I stop thinking about this right now and go put my mind on X, Y, or Z or something that makes me happy, I can I can regulate my emotions now and help myself. So distraction is actually a DBT concept. Oh, okay. I like that. I also like how you want to look at what's going on with your emotions. For example, for example, for example, how loud is your emotion? What thoughts put it at each level? Fire alarm, motorcycle, drums. And I like how each word gets smaller. Barking dog, crunching chips, friend's voice, lullaby, whisper, drifting feathers, take a breath and turn down your volume. 
Yeah, yeah. That that again is to help you identify your thoughts and the the artists um, behind the book, which are not me. There's Amy Shoup and Michelle Waters, who are two of the artists at New Harbinger, the publisher. They did a wonderful job of bringing to life the concepts that I wrote and the words that I wrote, because it it really is a part of the prompt and it really helps. Um, just illustrate what I'm trying to say with the words, and then it also makes it more engaging and fun to look at. Now, is are there people who actually go to DBT therapy? Like people go to CBT yes. therapy? Talk to us about that because that sounds really interesting. Yes, yes. Um, I've learned a lot about DBT in the past few years, um, partly because I had a personal acquaintance who was going through a formal DBT program and also for doing research for this book. And I, I use a lot of the skills in my psychotherapy practice. Um, so the dialectical behavioral therapy, it's called dialectical. Dialectical kind of means two opposites, integrating two opposites at the same time. So the two opposites in DBT are acceptance and change. So going through DBT therapy helps us identify times and and learn how to accept things that we can't change and work on practicing that and all of the skills that help us do that. And then also to change things that we can and skills that can help us do that. So it sounds a little bit like the um, the serenity prayer. I grant me the serenity, accept the things I can't change and the courage to change the things I can. And actually that concept is like, emotional health in a nutshell is, can I do that? Can I accept what I can't change, change, have the courage to change what I can and the wisdom to know the difference, really? Um, so you're not beating your head against a wall. Um, but a formal DBT program in cases where the treatment center or the therapists themselves have gone through a specific training program um, is is really effective. There's also a lot of us out there. I'm not formally trained um, and certified in DBT, but I use a lot of the concepts as most therapists do. But there are different um, therapy uh, groups that that actually go through the specific formal program. So that program has four main parts to it. One is you're required to go to individual therapy once a week. The second is you're required to go to a skills class once a week that's separate from your therapy. And when you go to the skills class, you'll learn one of the emotional regulation or the distress tolerance skills. And then with your therapist in your individual session, you will learn, you'll talk about how did I use this this week? How could have I could I have used this? Um, so you really apply what you've learned. And then um, the third facet of the of the formal program is that there's a 24-7 hotline that you can call if you're stuck, if you're overwhelmed, if you're in a crisis, and there will be a therapist there to help you through that. And then um, the fourth facet is that you have actually a team helping you because all of the therapists in the facility or whatever treatment center you're going to, they're all working together and they're consulting to help each client. So um, the person I knew who went through the therapy, they had to commit to a year and some, some programs it's six months, some programs it's a year, but it was, it was very effective. You know, everybody is different, 
but it does, it is effective and is shown to get really good results. Well, is there a certain profile, the type of person who would do this? Yeah, I, I DBT originally, and I'm pretty sure of this, but not 100%, I'm 90% sure, was originally designed for people with borderline personality disorder. Okay. But then um, as time went on and different people used it, found out that, wow, it can help it can help anybody, actually. Um, some of the skills, I mean, I think it, we'd all help by going through this, be helped by going through this program. Um, they're, they're life skills. They're practical life skills. And we can all use emotional regulation help or distress tolerance. What do I do in a crisis? Um, so I think it's generalized more and more. And you know, so many people, um, so many therapists or professionals learn the skills to help their clients with all different things, um, anxiety, depression, um, attention, uh, you know, different kinds of things that we come, because we all have emotions. And for all of us, whether we're teenagers or at any age, sometimes they feel overwhelming and we can all be helped by that. Oh, wow. You know, one of my favorite shows is Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and she had borderline personality disorder. If, did you watch the show? Because they did an excellent job. I'm not familiar with it, but it sounds good. Uh, well, now I just gave a big thing away because you don't know. You know there's something going on with her mental health. But they did a really good job. Uh, I mean, it's remarkable. I've spoken to several different people in the industry, people, not the film industry, in the mental health industry, people with mental illness themselves. And the many I've spoken to with different mental health issues, mental illness, have all said that that show is, is one of the best in terms of the way they portrayed it. One of the things that's been encouraging me lately, I'm just learning more about this, um, but there is, I don't know if you're familiar with the SEL programs or the social emotional learning programs, that this is a nationwide movement to get social emotional learning into schools. And um, it varies, yeah, it varies state by state, but it is a national program. And there's a there's an acronym that uh, the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence has has starting to use, and that is RULER, R-U-L-E-R, and that is their goal is that we are going to be able to teach the ability to R, recognize, U, understand, L, label, E, express, and R, regulate emotions. And, and I, I have a cousin actually who's working in the school system now, and he's teaching me more and more about um, how in Illinois, where I am, there's new regulations as far as how much social emotional learning every school is supposed to have each day. And so the schools, while their main goal, of course, is academic learning, this is the perfect place where every child goes, where we can also start helping them with emotional learning. Because if we don't have emotional stability and emotional health. It doesn't matter if we're the valedictorian, you know, or have all the AP honor classes. Um, we need to be emotionally stable and healthy. And, and I think um, we need to really recognize the importance of mental health in our in our culture, especially today. Yeah, I think so too. You know, I, I'm so enjoying this journal. I, you, you, your publisher was kind enough to send me one as well. <laughs> so my daughter and I, oh great, yeah, my daughter and I both great. have one, and I, I encourage everyone to go and get it. Put your feelings here, Lisa M. Lisa, how do you say your last name? I feel like I didn't say it right earlier. That's okay. It's Shab. It rhymes with oh, Bob. Okay, so Lisa M. Shab. 
LCSW, a creative DBT journal for teens with intense emotions. And before I let you go, Lisa, I'd love to know how you even got into the field. Like, when did you know you wanted to uh, be an LCSW? And for people who don't know what that is, what is that? That just stands for licensed clinical social worker. So my graduate degree is in clinical social work and I'm licensed, which is good. (laughs) I need to be. Um, That's a good question. And I could answer that in like three days because there's a lot behind it. But but basically, basically, um, I grew up uh, in a family with wonderful, loving parents, but who are also human and imperfect. And so I, I didn't learn a lot of coping skills myself, a lot of healthy coping skills. Um, and so I eventually went into my own therapy uh, because I had some issues. And, and I, at the same time I was in my own therapy, I was in graduate school and I was working as a preschool teacher. And I was working with a child in my class who had some behavioral problems. And I was working with the school psychologist and the parents. And I thought, wow, you know, this is interesting. Um, and I actually didn't agree with what the psychologist was doing. <laughs> and, I, and I thought, well, what about, he was, he was kind of just looking at it as a, you know, what's wrong in the kid's brain. And I said, well, what about the fact that the kid's parents are getting divorced right now? I think that might be affecting his behavior, you know? So anyway, I became interested in social work and, and realized that that was something I wanted to do. Um, it being from a family that, um, you know, had emotional health struggles um, ourselves, and then seeing how much it could help other people. Um, And I just, I really love my work. I've been very fortunate. Oh, that's fantastic. Where do you practice? Well, my office is in Libertyville, Illinois. It's a north suburb of Chicago. Oh, that's really awesome. Now, tell us all the ways we can find you and your fantastic book, Put Your Feelings Here. The website is Lisa M. Shaw Books, which is actually undergoing some changes right now. It's so it might be a little hard to read, but it's getting better. And um, my last name is Shab S as in Sam, C-H-A-B as in boy. And the book you can find on Amazon or Goodreads or just Google the title and um, it's for sale all over the place. So, Lisa, I'm so glad you came on. I mean, this is such good advice. We all need to take better care of our emotional health. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. And if you enjoy my podcast, Talk Healthy Today, then I know you're going to enjoy my brand new podcast with the wonderful Sunny Days, whom you've heard on the program. And if you haven't, please check out the interviews that we've done here on Talk Healthy Today. It is called Active Allyship. It's more than a hashtag. There are going to be honest, unfiltered conversations. We're going to be talking about what's happening right now with race in this country, how important it is for us to be open, how to be allies, what it takes to be an ally, how racism and feelings of bias are in our culture and how they affect each and every one of us. It is so important. We need to change things. So please join me, join Sunny, join us on Active Allyship. You can find it on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Thanks. Enjoy the show.